Okay, cool cats, cool kids, cool puppies, cool whatevers. Welcome to Pushing Rubber Podcast number 125 with Adam Piggott, the host. The coolest podcast this side of the cool range of mountains dividing the cool from the not so cool. Uh, thanks for joining, thanks for tuning in, thanks for being a part of this wonderful epicness in action. Uh, I know that you all uh, live for this moment when the Pushing Rubber podcast hits the airwaves, and I'm hitting it now, hitting it hard and hitting it long. I have a fresh beer. I have a pot of uh, the glorious Adam's stew on the stove. I managed to get the stew on before 4 p.m. It's gonna cook for a good three, even three and a half hours, and be sensational. When it's ready. Uh, I also, let's move this mic a little bit. I also picked up some wonderful uh, veal uh, for Osobuco, uh, which I'm going to uh, make tomorrow. So it's a bit of a weekend of food here in the November rain that is the city of Leiden in the country of the Netherlands, in the dictatorship of Europe. Um, and a big hello this week to Aaron Clary and the Great One who have chosen uh, to uh, bully me this week. Uh, and now it's uh, my chance to get back at that one, uh, back at them. So the thing is, is that um, back in uh, June, I think it was, when Aaron Clary and the Great One came down to visit me in Homer, Louisiana, which I've discovered really is Redneck City. Uh, some people have told me, like, oh my God. Um, I had nothing else to compare it to. I thought that's how it was down there. But anyway, apparently there's this... Uh, Pat, one of my regular readers, was telling me there's a TV show called Cajun Justice on Netflix. Which is based in Homer. And yeah, that's where I was. Cajun Justice. Let me look that up. I gotta look that up. Cajun. Oh, didn't get the C. Let's try that again. Uh, Cajun. Uh, well, Cajun Jambalaya is above Cajun Justice. Cajun Justice American Reality Series uh, debuted on June 7, 2012. Uh, um, let's have a look. Um. Uh, uh, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, doesn't mention. Um. No, it's Terrebonne Parish. Oh yeah, that's Homer. <laughs> show features most members of the sheriff's office, also members of the SWAT team, other law enforcement agencies in the show. Uh, and they have to catch people doing illegal acts on the Bay Owl, such as illegally hunting gators, amongst other things. Sounds thrilling. Anyway, um, when Cappy and the Great One came down to see me, they complained that I was uh, uploading my uh, podcast files as WAV files, which was something which was taking in inordinately long time to download and uh, I needed to get with uh, the system and make it an mp3 file which with a lot of good-natured ribbing I did no problems at all 
Uh, why wouldn't I? It's going to be easier for anyone to download. Um, anyway, uh, on Friday I got an email from Cappy addressed to me and the great one saying, Piggott started forgetting to convert his files to MP3s again, and I was planning on retiring at 62, but because it took so long with the file to download, I sat in front of the computer for 26 years and died before I could retire. Those were good times. I didn't know what he was talking about, because as far as I'm concerned, it was a uh, MP3 file. Uh, the great one himself responded, uh, what do you mean were good times? I'm still waiting for it to finish do downloading. These are good times. Uh, I, I, I was responding in here as well, of course, to him to fuck off, but uh, Cappy came back. Uh, I decided to rebuild the Sydney Opera House with a grain of sand at a time while Piggott's podcast downloads. Great one came back with, I have time to build the grain, sand grains from individual atoms while I'm waiting. <laughs> Cappy rejoined with, uh, hey, great one, what's slower, downloading Pickett's podcast or is driving? These are great times. Uh, the great one himself responded, I had to get a new hard drive. The one I have is totally filled up because I downloaded two episodes of Pickett's podcast at the same time. Look. I went back and I had a look at the file. It's an MP3 file. It is an MP3 file. I checked. It's an MP3 file. MP3. Not two. Not one. Not 74. Not even the magical number 69. But MP3. Now I don't know what they're talking about. And I consider this to be workplace bullying. That's right. Uh, the great one, Cappy and I work in the same workplace, which is the workplace of the Menosphere slash podcasting alt-right nationalist right hell landscape. So technically we are colleagues. So I consider this to be workplace bullying. So what I'm thinking of doing is, uh, well, first of all, I need to make a complaint. Um, the problem is I have to find out who I need to complain to. See, this is a problem with uh, victimology. Like, if if I was a progressive S S SJW progtard, I'd be able to... I'd, I'd know exactly how to spin this, you know, to get the... And I could probably do it for real, you know, the whole workplace bullying thing. Oh, I was crying, you know. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Um, but I'm not. I don't play the victim. I don't play the victim. I don't do that. I don't know. I, I deal with my crap up front, you know, which is normally just shutting the doors, putting down the blinds, putting on uh, Led Zeppelin 3 and uh, drinking uh, a lot of beer, smoking a lot of cigars and uh, telling anyone who comes within uh, 400 metres a metre, fuck off. Um, so I, I, I can't do the victim thing. I, I'd like to accuse Cappy and the Great One of workplace bullying because it is workplace bullying and I'd like to follow through with the whole workplace bullying uh, accusation so we could have this go somewhere and some government agency, some status shithole uh, bureaucratic prick could come in and adjudicate uh, after I slipped him a couple of 50s and uh, Cappy and the Great One would be severely punished 
and be forced to bake me a cake for my gay wedding. Unfortunately, I don't know how to go about doing that. Uh, if any of my listeners uh, out there could uh, help a brother out uh, in my uh, impending uh, workplace bullying litigation suit against Aaron Clary and the Great One, well, that would be, be much appreciated. That would be, be really appreciated a lot. Now, do any lawyers listen to this show by any chance? Hmm? I suppose lawyers listening to a show like this, they're not like doctors, because doctors, in my experience, doctors, when they're not actually being a doctor, the last thing they want everyone to know is that they're a doctor. Uh, I used to see this a lot in the old uh, what would a rafting days, where you'd get someone on your raft, and you go around to everyone, you know, what's your name? Okay, Joe, what are you? Child molester, brilliant. What's your name, Mary? What's your name? What do you do? I'm a school teacher. So child molester. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then you get to, uh, you know, you get to uh, Albert uh, Johnson the third. Hi, Albert Johnson the third. What do you do? Ah, ah, just I work. Uh, I work in a big building. I oh, see so you're a doctor. Oh, how'd you know? Well, you, only doctors don't want to tell us what what they want to what they do. Yeah. And the reason that doctors don't want to tell, especially on a whitewater rafting trip, because if someone gets hurt, the first thing you're going to be doing is like, oh, thank God we've got a doctor on the trip. And the doctor's going to be like, ah, ah, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to get sued so badly here. They don't, they don't, they don't want to fix you. They don't want to fix you. But lawyers are different. The lawyers wanted to, they want you to know that they're a lawyer because they want, they're always fishing for some work unless they're a good lawyer. A really good lawyer acts like a doctor. He doesn't tell you a law, he's, that he's a lawyer uh, not because he's ashamed. He doesn't tell you he's a lawyer because he doesn't want your business because he's absolutely up to here with it. And... Uh, and he just can't fit. He doesn't. He's not. I'm not taking on your clients. Sorry, man. Just like, are you got big problems? Oh, your wife's divorced you in Holland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's and she's taken all the stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, sucks for you because I'm not taking any new clients. See, that's what a good lawyer will say. A bad lawyer will be like, Oh no, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna. Oh, I, oh, oh, I'll be in your corner, man. That's yeah, uh, that's not where you want to be, lawyer wise. Uh, good doctors, of course, is almost a conundrum these days. I said to someone in an email this morning that doctors these days either kill babies, kill old people, euthanasia, or mutilate teenagers' genitals, turning them from one sex, attempting to turn them from one sex to another. Uh, it's like that old joke. I've got uh, we, my wife and I have got three kids, one of each. Badum chick. Uh, the other old joke was having a really day, bad day today. I had a car accident. The guy in the car, the car jumped it out. And he was he was a dwarf, and uh, and he said to me, "I'm not happy." And I said, "Well, which one are you?" <laughs> uh, shocking, but yeah, uh, workplace bullying, workplace bullying, and uh, I'm against workplace bullying. I'm against workplace bullying. I'm uh, I'm pro general bullying for sure, uh, in a general sense. 
But workplace bullying is not on. It's absolutely not on at all. And uh, Cappy and the Great One, uh, I, I want you to know that uh, this has affected my productivity. And if the productivity gets affected, then uh, the company suffers. And if the company suffers, the shareholders get upset. And if the shareholders get upset, well, then we need to get a new CEO. <laughs> anyway, it was an MP3 file, you fucks, as you perfectly well know. But look, I appreciate the good-natured ribbing. It means that they want me to be their buddy. You only want someone to be your buddy... Uh, you know someone wants to be your buddy if they give you shit. If someone's being nice to you, uh, they don't want to be your buddy. If someone's ignoring you, they don't want to be your buddy either. If someone's being nice to you while ignoring you, they really don't want to be your buddy. But if someone's giving you shit, they want to be your buddy. So I'm touched. I'm touched. I am. I'm touched. What can I say? In a special place. Uh, that, uh, Cappy and the Great One want me to be their buddy. And I understand perfectly. Uh, the Great One and I used to have a podcast together. Uh, called the Greasy Pole, uh, but the great one uh, is too busy having his life fall apart for him to ever uh, get together to do another episode of uh, the Greasy Pole. Now, I consider that to be rather selfish, you know. Uh, yeah, sure, your life's falling apart, you know, um, and, you know, great one's 50 years old or whatever he is, 100, got nothing going for him and uh, homeless, basically, uh, no job prospects and uh, no 18 year old girls want to sleep with him particularly redheads um, you think he could handle that in a um, gracious way and keep the Greasy Pole podcast going but no um, Cappy keeps uh, hounding me to uh, edit his uh, new book I keep telling him about commas uh, and the word and he needs to get that one right I'm just saying that right now um and, uh, and you know, I, I know that they want to be buddies. I know they want to be buddies, and uh, that warms the, the uh, cockles of this old heart. But still, uh, I think it's workplace bullying, and I've had a gutful, and this country's stuffed, and best country in the world, though, mate. And, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. All right, news of the week this week. Um, it's actually I've got I've got my Hotmail account open, and but I'm I'm running through a uh, VPN through the US because I was playing a video game yesterday, and I still got the VPN up because the server was in Dallas. So I'm getting ads from the US, and the ad is the title is "Upgrade Your Veteran Hiring Initiative," and it's got a s photo of a smiling Latino woman. I don't know. I don't know. Um, did smiling Latino women storm uh, Omaha Beach? Um, I don't think so. Um, are smiling, were smiling Latino women deployed to, to Afghanistan? Yeah, I think maybe they were cooking. Or they were an admin. Or something like that. Uh, who's beeping their horn outside? Go and beat your horn somewhere else. I need a ticking clock uh, in the background like um, the great one has. But he already has that, so if I do that, then I'm copying him, and uh, and that's not cool. I can't copy. I always have to stay ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve is where you want to be, boys and girls. You want to be ahead of uh, the curve. Um, so try and uh, try and be there. Um, 
What was I talking about? News of the week. Ah, news of the week. Um, I put an article up today called "We Were Never Asked." It's about immigration in Australia, the Great Pond Boomer Ponzi scheme. Um, there was also an article today in the Australian of a boomer uh, defending uh, the high real estate prices because they've all. What what millennials miss in the property debate, by Angela Shannon. Um, anyway, she's saying the boomers are really good, and the really funny thing, and that and that we're all wrong. Um, uh, and all the comments are basically pro boomer. I want to just read the um. I've, if I've worked all my life, paid taxes, saved, borrowed, bought a home, gone without luxuries to pay off a mortgage at 10% plus interest rates, never received baby bonuses or family support payments, and now funding my own retirement with not a cent of government support, who the hell do these people think they are to tell me it's not fair, I should keep my home? Woe betide anyone who comes after me on that question. And all I can say in response uh, to that is, okay, Boomer, because uh, that's a song now. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. I was going to call this the Workplace Bullying episode, but maybe the Okay, Boomer episode would be better. Um, let's have another one. Um, housing was always expensive. When I was younger, most families had only one income to live on and buy the family home. Now, with most families having two incomes, the prices have increased accordingly. Housing is still affordable. All houses presented for sale are selling. The fact that young people cannot afford to live in the suburbs where they grew up is not a sign of unaffordable housing, but a sign of delusional, expectant millennials who expect an easy ride after travelling the world and gone without nothing. Housing on the outskirts of the cities is very affordable by adjusted historical standards. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, Boomer. Houses are still they're selling. Here's the Chinese <laughs> who turn up with cash. Uh, let's do another one. I was born in 1945. My father was fighting in Borneo. In 1962, I was clearing land and farming. I was conscripted in 1965 during the two-year drought. I had to pay a bloke to do me farming while growing nothing. No help, no cheap loans, no consideration. I've done well. My military service I look on as an asset. I've paid a lot of tax and enough Medicare levies to pay 10 people's medical bills. Plus my private insurance. I've never been on the taxpayer's team. <laughs> Leave us alone. Stop bludging. And do something for Australia. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> oh, his name was Warren. Um... My observations tell me that many young people spend much more on themselves than my generation did. Overseas trips, meals out, entertainment, etc. And they aren't willing to enter the housing market at a basic point to start with. Our elderly citizens should be loved and appreciated. Many are lonely and neglected and now some forces want to get them out of their homes. Shocking! <laughs> oh dear. Absolutely. You can still get a $250,000 house and land packages, but the young demand on living close to the city, and when they do, they want a house 
ensuite a move a room pool or essentials these days. What goes uh, unremarked is that the boomers uh, brought in 400,000 immigrants a year for 30 years so that uh, the outskirts of the cities now, and, I, and I'm not joking, by the way, in Perth, where I grew up, when I grew up, all right, let me get, let me just get a map. I, I want to do this justice. I want to do this justice. Let's get a map of Perth. Okay. When I grew up, the outskirts of the city, city in, uh, in the mid-80s uh, was Hillary's up there on the coast. So, look, go to, go to Google Maps or whatever map service you use. Put in Perth, Western Australia. You got that? Got that? All right. Now, uh, you'll have a big red mark there in Perth at the centre there. And just go to the left, to the coast, directly left. You go through Subiaco. And then, and then go up, City Beach, Trig, North Beach, Waterman's Bay, Hillary's. Okay, when I grew up, Hillary's, which is about, let's say, let's have a look there, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, it's probably about 18 or 20 kilometres uh, north of the central business district in Perth, was literally bush. I mean, that was bush. And if you came down through Marangaroo, Malaga, Beachborough. I mean that that was that was absolutely it. That was absolutely it. Okay, it was it was and, and north of this, north of this was nothing, nothing at all except for Wanneroo. Wanneroo was the one suburb up there. Now scroll up a bit, go up, go up. You've got Joondal up there, yeah. And go all the way up to Alkamoth. That's now the outer suburb of Perth going north. Okay. Uh, that's a suburb. That's where they're telling you to get your $250,000 land package. So you're, if you've got a job in the city up there, your commute one way in peak hour traffic will be about two hours. If we go south, south now... The suburbs extend all the way to Mandurah. And if you live down there, good luck. Because that's a hell of a lot of long way to go. Uh, Melbourne's even worse. Brisbane's unbelievable. I think Brisbane, from what I hear, Brisbane has the um, largest... Uh, urban footprint of any city on the face of the earth, even bigger than Los Angeles. Let's go back to some of these comments. Yeah, right. The baby boomers had it easy, did they? Secondhand clothes, bare feet were common. All earnings given to mum and dad to pay off their 10-year, yep. Housing loans are often 5, 10 years at high interest with no default. Home loan, no restaurants. Old clunker for a car. Walk or catch tram, no fast food. No such thing as chicken. So obviously chickens were invented uh, by the boomers. No laundrettes. No superannuation. No credit cards. No mobiles. No internet. No holidays in Bali or Europe. Yeah, that's funny because it's almost every boomer, almost every boomer, that I've ever met tells me about their backpacking trip through Europe in the 70s or the late 60s. Almost everyone. 
I'd say just about every boomer I've met tell, proudly tells me the story about how they visited the other side of the Berlin Wall. Yeah? Every fucking single one. Well, let's go along. Here's a construct in the army. Baby boomers save for home loans, second-hand cars, schoolbooks, shoes, and our poor Gen X can't afford to buy units around $800,000 to $1 million in Sydney and Melbourne. Tears are coming out of my eyes. Of course you wouldn't want to live in Brisbane, where you can pick up a great three-bedroom unit for $350,000. A three-bedroom unit, which means a fucking flat, for $350,000. What are you complaining about? And poor Gen X with partners have to survive on gross salaries of over $120,000 together but can save for a deposit over a 25-year loan at 3% interest? Give me a break. But we have the solution. Old Australians can sell their homes and buy a house at Grafton or Forbes. No issue, you might lose a bit on stamp duty, agents' fees moving. Don't worry about family or friends. And of course... uh, (sighs) Okay, Boomer. What else we got? Uh, Oh, this is a great one. This is a serious problem with 18 to 20 year olds. As parents, we must accept responsibility, but there is more to it. My son is smart and well behaved, but he is severely lacking in basic life skills like ringing and waiting for a breakdown service, the passion and drive to get a job, or an ability to read and fill out forms. (laughs) I've noticed the same traits in many of his friends. Things that 20 years ago, 18-year-olds knew how to do without asking their parents, like properly enrolling in university or persisting with applications until they got a job, finding accommodation, doing a budget, buying insurance, getting a driver's licence seemed to be beyond them. Parents are to blame, yes, but also school and society in general is letting them down because so many of them seem to lack ambition, drive initiative and a basic ability to confront a problem or challenge by themselves without extensive help, sometimes well into their 20s. The internet, social media and gaming might have something to do with it, but there's no doubt that many of them are infantilised well into adulthood and you have to wonder if some of them will ever get out of it. (laughs) So he's... Okay, Boomer. So your your son, your son is smart and well-behaved. He's severely lacking in basic life skills. And you're fucking saying that's his problem. See, this is the thing with Boomers, you know. Like, their fucking parents taught them how to do all that sort of stuff. And not only did Boomers not teach their kids how to have basic life skills like, you know, fix work on your car or something like that. But then they turn around and mock their own kids for not having the skills that they never taught them. It's a particular it's a particular type of fucking attitude, isn't it? It's a particular type of attitude. Unbelievable. Uh, can I can I can I find more? Of course I can. There's hundreds. There's hundreds. Um um, uh, let's have a look. Uh... All right. The younger generation have little respect for their achievements, hard work, and taxes. 
paid by us oldies that actually built the platform Australia, in inverted commas. See, boomers, in a boomer's mind, they built Australia. We built Australia. Never mind the fact that actually you didn't build Australia. All you did was fuck it up. All you did was fuck it up around around your own lives. You guys have had the, 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 the biggest free ride in the history of the world. I did an interview with a Dingo's podcast a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, where this, this subject came up, and I, I disparaged a bit the younger gens for going out and eating $50 avocado breakfast on a Saturday uh, instead of saving for a house. Um, and they got really upset with me. The dingoes got really upset with me. They never invited me back. Mocked me in the next episode. And um, i got to say, I've changed my mind a bit. Now, I still think that millennials are fucking stupid with money. But all young generations really are stupid with money in general. You'll always get your outliers who, uh, you know, 21 years old, has already got three properties, has renters in them, whatever the case may be. But those guys are just freak, freaks of nature and, and generalizations are, in fact, uh, very apt. Um, and so I'm steadily coming down uh, really uh, against, against, uh, against the boomers in just about... Um, Every, 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 every state of it. The, the, the sense of entitlement that this generation have is stunning. And I want to, if we go back to the article that, that I'm quoting from on these comments, there is something that this woman said in the article that I thought was interesting. Let's have a look here. Um, so Australia, he's, he's quoting from the article, okay? Australians born... In the post-war generation, were fortunate. It was a time of great prosperity, and they lived relatively comfortable lives with parents who, because they'd lived through the Depression and war, were grateful for the peace and their happy little Vegemites. That's Australian for little good little kids. Those children became that educated, rebellious, hippie generation. In other words, those children became the boomer fucks that we all hate today. Preoccupied with saving the world... And their newfound isms with sex, drugs, and rock and roll being the mot de vie, and the zero population growth fad feeding their, their dystopian delusions, they finally married late. Consequently, they didn't have nearly as many children as their parents, and the spectre of a dangerous imbalance between the productive young and retired old that loomed at the end of the 20th century is now a firm reality. So, all the boomers are worried about now is aged care. She goes on, the care of the aged is the principal problem. We are seeing not only across... See, here's what they're doing. They're going to import... Well, they are importing truckloads of third world invaders so they can get a cheap nurse in their own home when they're doddering because their kids don't want to have a fucking bar of them. That's what's going on here. It's unfucking believable Um... Let's have a look at the most voted up comment of all from Pat. Um, it's not hard today 
to have a multi-million dollar home. Especially if you live in the inner city suburbs. Many of these homers, homeowners are children of the baby boomers who have worked hard and invested wisely, just like their parents. I expect their great-grandchildren and great-grandchildren will do the same. It's amazing, though, that this generation of older Australians are now being blamed for the high cost of a health and welfare system that they played a significant role in creating and that is used by all and will continue to be used long after they go. (laughs) Sure, many of that older generation still work and contribute, but that's never acknowledged like the value of their super funds which support our economy. The complaints about housing affordability always focus on the cost of the highest home values, forgetting that outside major cities there are real opportunities offered by high-growth regions. No fucking jobs there, though, mate. It just requires a willingness to have a go and take a risk from younger Australians who have the benefit of infrastructure and social systems that those before them have built and added value to. My memory of growing up in relative comfort was an uninsulated two-bedroom fibro-clad home of around 70 square metres, a dirt road, no family car and a dunny out the back. That's what most survivors of a world war got and they built on that. Their children wanted more and worked hard for what they have. Now what they now have. And their children are doing the same. What is the problem? Oh, it's all fine, mate. It's all fine. But it reminds me of the Yorkshiremen, the three Yorkshiremen in the uh, Monty Python... um, Monty Python uh, Brigade. Uh, the old one. I was a lad. Well, I was a lad. We lived in a shoebox on the side of the road. We ate cold gravel for breakfast. We got up before we went to bed. We worked 26 hours a day down a mine. And when I got home, our father would kill us. And you try to tell that to the young people today. They won't believe you. What it fucking sounds like. By the way, if you're wondering what all the healthcare is about, basically what's being said here uh, is that uh, boomers are sitting on multi-million dollar homes and then going on the pension. And the generations who are now paying tax are like, hang on, hang on a fucking sec. So so you guys are sitting on a, a huge asset but we have to keep having our taxes raised so you guys can have a nice retirement in your amazing home while we're living in, um, in fucking dog boxes, uh, two and a half hour drive from the city centre. Um, it's, it's typical, isn't it? It's typical of uh, the uh, boomer mentality. Um, and on top of that, of course, you have immigration and every person who arrives adds as a little another little drop in the bucket because all these people arriving are not going out and fucking getting jobs and all the rest of it um they're fucking bludging and i don't care what i don't care how many uh, ethnic indians deliver your pizza on a friday night to south yarra it's another drop in the bucket every fucking time Okay, 
When they turn up their first fucking few years in the country, oh, we'll pay this. I know that. I was at a breakfast business, breakfast business breakfast whatever in Melbourne three or four years ago when the stupid woman from the, what was it, from multicultural government society thing, it was a government bureaucrat woman, ex-journalist, got up and proudly declared how immigrants to Victoria, arriving in Victoria, got more social security on arrival than any other nation or state on earth. That apparently was brilliant. And I'm sitting there, and it was a Dutch, it was a Dutch, Dutch association thing. That's why I was there, because of the ex-wife. And I was sitting there, I was looking at the guy next to me, he's looking at me, and I'm like, unbelievable, isn't it? And he was like, yeah, this is absolutely fucking shit. I didn't say anything, of course, because, eh, you know, didn't want to rock the boat. On reflection, I should have said something. Um, But anyway, what would be great, what would be great is if the old boomer fucks have to sell their houses to fund the uh, the the social security uh, benefits that new immigrants are getting rocking up to the country. I mean, okay, boomers. Okay, boomers. The sense uh, it's not it's not often that I that I'm that I'm lost for words. No, it's not often that I'm lost for words. But but this 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 one's just it's just just beyond the pale. It's beyond the pale. Like I said, I was going to call this the workplace bullying episode, and I think that I'm really torn because they're both great titles, the workplace bullying episode or the OK Boomer episode, but I think I'll go with the OK Boomer episode um, just because I don't want Clary and the great one to get that much credit. Fuck you guys. Um... I'm supposed to do shout-outs to Aaron Clary now because he's got a blog and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, you heard me right, Clary. <laughs> you heard me. If you were able to download this, I should make this a fucking wave file or whatever it was on purpose. Fucking bastards. Um, you can check him out at captaincapitalism.blogsport.com. Um... And uh, you can, uh, yeah, I'm finishing there. I'm finishing there. Would you like me to read one more comment in an Australian accent from uh, this ridiculous, uh, this ridiculous, ridiculous article? Let's see if I can find, let's find, let's see if we can find a good one. Let's see, let's see. Oh, someone's writing in caps. That's always a good sign. Um, all right, here we go. Here we go. To lead us out. Oh, before I, before I read this one, uh, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Uh, subscribe to my blog as well, pushingrubberdownhill.com. Uh, you can get my two books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures and Run Guts, Pull Cones, A Rafting Adventure in, the Alp, uh, in Italian Alps on all sorts of mediums all sorts of uh different ways yeah i think there's even a homeless guy in seattle who reads out my first book to passers by someone told me that uh so get those leave me some reviews as well it's been a while since the last review the books are still selling well i'm selling a book every day just about so come on you know give me some reviews that'd be great all right so let's uh let's go out with uh, this one because uh the first word actually has an exclamation mark 
Uh, hang on. No, maybe this... Oh, no, this goes on about King Midas. No, I don't think that one's going to be a really good one. Uh, let's have a look. Um, uh, what have we got? Oh, come on. Give me a good one. There's not. Oh, I really want a good one to go out with. There's got to be a good one here. Because I know that you guys are really enjoying listening to me do an outrageous Australian accent while reading these uh, idiots who are um, who are talking here. Um, but oh, here we go. Hang on. Let me see. Let me see this one. Um, um, what's OAP? I don't know. Right, I've got to find one fast. I know you're all sitting there thinking to yourselves, come on, Adam, you stupid moron. Uh, all right, I'll do it anyway. This is the one that I was looking at, and then I said no, but I'll do it anyway. <coughs> I need to drink a beer. Hang on. Oh, fuck, I've got no beer left. Sacrifice? Why, everyone should play and fully understand chess because it reflects the business of life so well. Life is full of compromises and sacrifices. For the younger generations, you cannot surf and play computer games at the same time. One is sacrificed for the other. Likewise, you really get to know someone sitting in complete silence holding their hand when sick, not by message or vine or chat or tweet or whatever it is this week. The ultimate sacrifice is in the story of King Midas. I, I was always struck by the wonderful stories sitting just behind TV shows like Lost in Space, which presented as a light fairy tale. Dr. Smith was greedy and self-interested above all. Great character, like a poor man's Mr. Belvedere, except, well, greedy. He finds a ring, which turns everything he touches to platinum. Wonderful, until he cannot stop and turns everything, utensils, food, water, people. So many people desperate for more. And more, and more. Great wealth builds a golden prison, leading to one of the most difficult afflictions for man. Loneliness. A healthy mind, body and soul are a blessing. Perhaps instead of, will you miss me when I'm gone, it should be, I really enjoy your company now instead. I've got no idea what this person is saying. I'm signing off from this episode of the Pushing Rubber podcast. If this has made no sense to you at all, if you're wondering what drugs I'm on at the moment, then you've found a place where you can belong and be a part of something great, something warm, something lovely, something beautiful, something sensational. Tune in next week where we find out how many boomers Adam killed and ate this week. Bye for now.